0: from ancient times. These promises that God's people had been holding onto for all of these years then started to happen on some very ordinary days through some very unknown people whose lives would be changed forever. Firstly, I think the biggest change was for Mary. If we look in Luke, Mary, a young girl from a small town off the beaten track whose people had a cultural reputation for being a bit lesser, maybe a bit rough around the edges. But God saw within her a soft and willing heart. He knew that he could entrust to her his very own son. That even with the scandal, the scoffing, the misunderstandings, that she was surrendered, loving, and willing to be available to see God's plans and purposes outworked on earth. If God was willing to trust her, she was willing to be all in. Then we have Joseph. In Matthew 1 verse 18, we see this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pleased to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Poor Joseph. That dude, I'm sure, had his quota of awkward conversations. But in an unexpected turn of events, he found himself with an invitation to be a part of God's plan. That in the challenge God had also presented him with an opportunity in his willingness to show grace, compassion, and take responsibility responsibility for caring for his family and raising a son that was not biologically his, but with the love and care of being his own. He was stewarding a great gift from God for a season that had been entrusted to him. Then there were the shepherds. And Luke two, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified, but the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David a Saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in costs and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heavens, and on earth peace be to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left him and had gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger, When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told told them about this child. And all who had heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Shepherds were often seen as untrustworthy within their society. They were ceremonially unclean because of the kind of work that they did, meaning that they were often on the outer to everybody else. But isn't that just like God? He knew their reputations, but he also knew that they were exactly who he needed for the job that he had. They were available out of normal office hours. When everyone else was tucked up in bed, they were on the hill. They were up for an adventure, and they were willing to spread the word of God, spread the word that God was up to something. And then we have the Magi or the wise men. You guys are doing a great job bearing with me. I know there's a lot of scripture this morning. And in Matthew 2, it says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi or wise men from the east came to Jerusalem and asked. Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and he came, and we came to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time that the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. It's often thought that there were three wise men because there were three gifts, but no one is actually too sure. But no matter how many there were, these men were who had been studying and seeking and travelled to find, to, travelling and travelling, to search for the one that they had heard about. In a land to the east, God had been speaking and God had been leading. Showing his heart was, for, was always for everyone of every nation. It was the wise men who first mentioned the title King of the Jews, which would appear again later over his cross. It's inter- interesting to note that their question to Herod was not, where is the one born to become King of the Jews? But instead their question was, where is the one born King of the Jews? They knew from the study that his lineage had already established him as king. His kingly status was not conferred on him later on. It was from his birth. Though these wise, Through these wise men we see that God was working in the nations to lead them to the feet of Jesus. He wasn't just the king of the Jews. He was, this was from the start, the king of kings. You might have noticed that the birth of of Jesus is recorded in both the books of Matthew and the book of Luke. The account of the wise men in Matthew and the shepherds in Luke. The account of Joseph in Matthew and the account of Mary in Luke. Both give an account of what happened but focus on different important aspects of it based on who they were writing to and what was important for them to understand. Matthew was writing to Hebrews who wanted to know was this the promised Messiah and king that they had been waiting for? And Luke was writing to a Gentile audience, the ones who had been on the outer, who like the, shep- who were, like the shepherds were like, what is even going on? Unclean and on the outskirts. But they too could be included in what God was doing. Both then go on to show that this baby will grow to show us and teach us what God was like. What his kingdom is like and how we can find salvation through him. That he would be the one to take it all upon himself. All of our pain and shame and restore us to to peace and relationship with God. That was better than our wildest dreams. I've asked the team to come back. You know, This is what God is still doing today. There is still an invitation for us to come to Jesus today. This week I was talking with a friend who had just come back from leading a team to some of our mission partners in Mozambique. They told me of a family member of some of the team who last time they had been there had been a Muslim and had been quite against Christians in the gospel Jesus, though, had begun to appear to him in multiple dreams, night after night, giving him the invitation of come and follow me. He had since given his life to Jesus and had been totally turned around. And on this trip was part of their leadership and training seminars and the marriage seminars that they were running alongside the local team. And he was deeply impacted that God wanted to work to redeem and restore his marriage as well, just like he had done his life. That's still the call of Jesus to us today. Come and follow me. So this December, amongst everything that might be vying and contending for your attention, as we reflect on the birth of Jesus, Let's, like Mary, be surrendered and willing to say yes to God's plans and purposes. Like Joseph, be gracious in the unexpected. Like the shepherds, be joyful and generous to share what it is that we have heard. And like the wise men, be seeking and bring worship worthy of the King. Would you stand with me if you're able? Mm. Father, we are thankful for the birth of Jesus. Lord, we are thankful for your plan and purpose to bring hope and restoration to all humanity. Lord, we are thankful that there is an invitation for all of us to come and to worship, to taste and see and experience for ourselves what it is that you are doing. And Lord, I just pray that as we walk about our busy lives and the places that we go and the people that we connect with, Lord, we will hold on to the hope of Jesus. Father, as we gather with family and with friends, with workmates, Lord, may our ears and our hearts be open to what it is that you are speaking. Lord, let us be in those places, carriers of great hope. May we carry a peace and a joy. Lord, we pray for opportunities to share about the hope that we have at Christmas. The Lord is not just the presence or the gifts or the food, but God. Our hearts worship Jesus. Our hearts are thankful for Jesus. You know, I just want to pray for anyone now. If you've got family situations that are tense or aren't particularly peaceful, that you know you're going into a Christmas, you know, I just want to pray for you. I just feel right now that that actually God wants to do a work in these spaces. And Lord, I just pray for these people. Lord, if there is any anxiety around relationships, around tensions, around conflicts, I just pray right now that your Holy Spirit will just minister peace to them. Lord, I pray for a great joy to fill them. And Lord, I even dare to pray for restoration of those relationships. Lord, that your Holy Spirit will go before them in those gatherings and those places on those holidays. Lord, that you will help them to be a light. You will help them to speak words of hope and truth, that there might be abounding love and grace and compassion in their lives. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we worship you. You are so worthy of our worship. In Jesus' name. Amen.